Hi, fancy meeting you here. I'm Ashley Jansen. I'm a firewife, a boy mom, a dog mom, and a licensed marriage and family therapist in California. Life is often a beautiful mess, and in the midst of struggle, it's nice to know we're not alone. I hope to meet you where you are, providing hope and encouragement while giving you raw and authentic stories from my own life. I'm excited you're here. Hi and welcome. I'm excited for today's episode. Um, It'll be one of many in my Firewife series. Um, Today I'm going to talk about a topic that um, I would say is probably the dominant reason um, so many couples struggle, um, amongst other things, of course, but with first responder life. And obviously I'm going to be speaking from, um, the vantage point of, of a firewife, but I feel like this could obviously be applied to anybody that has a pretty high demanding job or a job that takes them away from their family, um, like traveling or, irregular hours, maybe work nights instead of, you know, a traditional nine to five schedule. Um, but I see this so often in my own life. Um, obviously that's first and foremost why I'm talking about it. Um, and then also with clients that I work with and it's, it's nice that I can share that experience with them and, um, feel like I have something to offer, um, to, help decrease, uh, what they're experiencing. And, um, it's something that I've been really working on. Um, and I'm going to preface all of this with saying I don't do it perfectly. And there's some days where I miss the boat completely. Um, but what I'm talking about is there's a specific difficulty, difficulty, um, with the transition from going from work mode to home mode. Um, and I think that's pretty much a general, you know, there's a lot of people that kind of sometimes have a difficulty switching gears. Um, I know that for me, sometimes that happens. Um, and I'm thankful I have a little tiny bit of a drive home. Um, I've heard people who commute say that that's what they use their commute for is kind of that wind down time. Um, but what happens when you've been so removed from, your family's environment for a couple of days. Um, and this is kind of a routine thing. How do you kind of like acclimate back into that rhythm? Um, and the truth is that we, we function differently at home than we do at work. Um, and so many of us really struggle in that area. And, um, this seems to be a factor in, uh, why some of the couples that I see come in, um, this kind of breakdown of, uh, like setting the stage for, for the days off, um, is something that I just really want to talk about. So, um, I think it's important to always remember within everything, um, when you're in a relationship is that, you have your experience and they have theirs. And I feel like this is really important when we're talking. And I'm going to be just, like I said, talking specifically from the firewife perspective. Um, but you can kind of insert, you know, whatever spouse you are to this um, to make it applicable to you. 
Um, but as a first responder, we, as a first responder spouse, we learn to kind of adopt a rhythm or a groove when our spouse is away. And it's something that, uh, you know, they share in the academy, um, when your spouse is kind of getting ready to go on this journey, it's something that, um, is just a part of the life. And, some of us do that really well. Some of us take our time to get there. And then others, you know, this is a kind of a struggle in their marriage and their relationship. And sometimes those marriages and relationships don't work out. Um, could be for a variety of reasons, but I feel like um, just being mindful of how each other is experiencing um the, the lifestyle is really important. Um, and so you're going from kind of being on this track, right? Where you are, you know, the, the captain of your ship, you're going on this, you know, this journey for 24, 48, 72, 96, maybe even 12 a week, a month. Um, there's so many of us that have very different, our fire wife life looks very different. Um, and so we're the captain of the ship and we're pretty much in charge of everything. We take care of everything. Um, some people have really great support systems and other people don't. Um, and so that's going to look very different for you. What, what that looks like, you know, during those, those days that they're at work. Um, and I feel like it's just as hard for them as it is for us. Um, when I sit with a couple and they're struggling with this exact topic, um, what I hear is from, it's typically from a wife. So from the wife, I hear, you know, it's so hard when he comes home. Um, we kind of, the kids and I have a rhythm or the kids and I have a routine and he kind of disrupts that a little bit. Um, and what I hear from the, the spouse is, you know, I'm not sure where I fit. What I know is I'm coming home and sometimes I'm tired and sometimes I'm not getting certain needs met. And um, I haven't seen my kids in two, three days. I haven't seen my wife in two or three days. And um, I'm just not sure how that's supposed to look. And so there's kind of this uh, disconnect, I would say, in that area. Um, and I've seen that a lot when my husband comes home um, because the kids and I, we do, in order for our schedule or for for me personally, in, in order for things to flow or kind of, you know, um, kind of go, like, what's the word I'm trying to think of? <laughs> Um, in order for us to be able to go about our schedule or daily routines, um, it, it needs to be some sort of a, an organization. And that's just kind of how I live life, um, is kind of by time, uh, like by the hour. Um, and so when he comes home, he looks at things very differently, which is fine. And I think him, his viewpoint and his perspective allows me to settle down a little bit. Um, but sometimes it can be, it can feel disruptive. 
And so I would say that's where a lot of people really struggle. And I hear so often, um, you know, sometimes it's harder when they're home. And I hate that. I hate that that is the feeling. I hate that that's the perspective that we're having. Um, And to me, when I hear that, I feel like something has to be done um, to find some sort of common ground so that it doesn't feel harder when they're home, that they somehow become a part of that routine. And maybe it looks like, you know, when the kids, when you're home with the kids or you're home by yourself or you're home with your dogs or whatever the case may be, like you have your routine. And then when he comes home, you have your routine together. Um, I know for me, when I didn't have children and it was just me and our dog, like I could kind of do whatever I wanted and it really wasn't a huge deal. Um, but when you start adding in and sprinkling in the kids and they have their own routine and things that they need, um, I think that's where it starts to become what some would say kind of disruptive. So my goal and my passion is to help couples and I've worked on this myself, so I'm not by no means like a perfect person in this, in this realm, but I want to help troubleshoot this area um, so that our marriages can thrive. So the time that we have when they come home off shift can thrive. And so uh, I don't know about you all, but day one when they're at work, um, if it falls on a work day, the day goes by so fast. Um, I almost don't have time sometimes to miss miss him when he's gone. Um, we are in communication kind of throughout the day about whatever whatever we may be needing to talk about. Um, day two, I really miss him and I'm ready for him to come home and the kids are ready for him to come home. Our youngest is almost four months, so I don't think he really has awareness. However, it's coming soon um, and he's definitely a missed piece of our, our home when he's not here. Um, so my goal is to make him coming home the best that it can be so that that time that we have is quality time. And I think that's the beauty of our jobs. Um, we both work jobs where, you know, he works, um, you know, two days on four days off and I work three days, two and a half days, Um, But I also work for myself. And so we have this really awesome setup, which I don't want to take for granted, where we get to really truly have quality time uh, with our children. And so I don't, my goal is to not spend that time fighting with him or having tension with him or um, making things uncomfortable. Because what I do see a lot is when, and I'll talk about that in a second, um, but when, when home becomes not a resting place, when home becomes not uh, a retreat or a safe haven, people start to try to avoid it. Um, and I'll talk about that in, in just a minute. Um, so I want to set the stage so that we can kind of think in terms of them and us, um, not for the purpose of this is not like them as an opponent, but really trying to understand what could be going through 
their mind or how they're feeling. Um, I think it's always really important to consider that. Otherwise, we could become very emotionally reactive. So I think it's really important and and a sign of good self-awareness and awareness of a situation when we can consider someone else's position. So they've been gone for 48 hours, 72 hours, 96 hours um, for my wildland fire wives. Um, bust your hearts. A lot of times they're gone for two weeks or a month, maybe even longer during fire season. And so you're really having to kind of be head of the house and figure stuff out. And so for them, this may occur prior to coming home or as they're, you know, coming home. But these are some of the things that based on my observation and, and things that information I've collected, these are some of the things that they're dealing with thinking about, um, or stuff that's just on their mind, um, prior or during that transition home. So they're coming home tired. Typically, I mean, I, I don't know a single person, um, our department's very busy. So, um, a single person who comes home and they're just, they have all the energy in the world. A lot of times they are coming home tired. First responders work unique hours. They're up in the middle of the night, um, going on calls. And so that is, you know, a factor when they're coming home. And I think it's a factor for everyone. When we're tired, we are not very forgiving. We're not very flexible. And so they're coming home tired. They may have had a difficult shift that could be, you know, maybe they had to flop onto a medic and it was an engine shift. And so they kind of got wrecked for, you know, four or six hours. Maybe there was a training, maybe there was, um, I don't know, maybe a difficult call, which that happens a lot. Um, in their line of work, maybe there are things happening in their department or, you know, things that are kind of occupying their thought space. Um, they're also coming home to, to their home and probably have a personal to-do list. And so that could look like maybe there's projects around the house that they've, you know, been trying to finish. And if any of you have small children and you're trying to finish projects, they take a long time. Um, we used to be able to do projects, you know, in a weekend and now it takes, you know, a couple weekends. Um, so they, maybe they want to go to the gym or they need to go get a haircut or they need to do those things that they can only do when they're home. Um, and then they have their wants and needs, right? So, um, I think I might've just mentioned, but going to the gym or, you know, going and having, grabbing a beer with a buddy, something of that sort. Um, maybe they attend a small group or a Bible study. Maybe they play softball or have extracurricular activities. Um, so that would be something that to think about. These are all the things that they're thinking about or is on their mind. Um, and then for us, you know, when they come home, we have a tendency to want to do communication catch up. So anything, around the house, um, you know, household stuff, maybe, maybe the fire detector needs a new battery or, and you, I imagine most of you, as do I, we kind of learn to do some of these things ourselves. Um, but there are some things that, 
you know, he, he needs to take care of. Um, and so we're playing communication catch up. We are tired. Um, maybe you're tired because, you know, it's been a long work week. You had a rough day. Um, maybe you're a stay at home mom and it's been a heck of a day with the kids. You've been in the trenches all day. Maybe, you know, you're in the midst of potty training or you have a newborn or, um, you know, even if, even if you were like me and I was in a period of time where we were going through infertility. So like there's all that emotional stuff. Um, there's a lot of things that can contribute to us being tired. Um, sometimes we have very little or no support. So maybe you don't have a good support of, um, of mom friends, or maybe you don't work outside of the home. And so you don't have work friends or, uh, community that you can kind of lean on family that doesn't live here, um, or unhealthy family that you can't be around. So those are all possibilities. Um, and then sometimes, you know, if you're a working mom or work from home mom, you're doing the work piece and the kid piece. So you're not really getting any downtime, um, except for maybe when they go to bed, but then you're exhausted. So, um, you're not really getting any time for yourself. Um, you may have a personal to-do list. So like for me, sometimes that looks like (laughs) I need to go to Target. It would be nice to do that by myself. Um, or I need to go grocery shopping, or I have a bag of returns from Old Navy or um, some store that I need to to take. Um, and so maybe that's the to-do list. Maybe it's getting your hair cut, or um, you have a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment. Maybe it's the household duties. Um, so cleaning the house and... Um, those are all things that maybe are also on your mind, like taking care of the house, laundry, 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 laundry. There's always so much laundry. Um, it's my Achilles. It's not something I do well. I, I feel like I can conquer most things except for laundry and it's really specifically my own laundry. So, um, if you could see the floor of my closet, you would see half of the clothes that are clean and I just tried on and didn't feel like wearing and then clothes that are dirty. So, um, so that adds to the pile, right? Um, shuffling a schedule. So if you have kids or small children or school age children, they're probably going to be involved in some level of activity, whether that's karate or dance, soccer, gymnastics, uh, piano. Um, maybe they're involved in Girl Scouts. Um, Maybe they have a doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment, um, whatever the case may be, right? So you're shuffling schedules and um, we're kind of the the household manager as far as that goes, as far as like scheduling. Um, so that these are all things that we're thinking about on a daily basis, but when they come home, right, it's also still on our mind. And then we have our own wants and needs. So maybe you want to go to the gym or need to go to the gym. Maybe you want to go get a pedicure or go have coffee with a friend. So if you think of those two things, right, those two areas, so all of their list of needs, wants, things they're thinking about, things they're processing from work, all of that, and then our list of stuff, right? We're processing the last two days and we're dealing with, you know, two-year-old behavior or 
tantrums or, you know, things happening at our kid's school, whatever. Um, and so if you think of those in two columns, right, and then it almost kind of funnels down, right? So you take that and you, I want you to think of it in like terms of a funnel. So you're f- trying to funnel all of that in to this moment where they come home and I think where we have the breakdown is truly in our expectations. And I will say that I think majority of the issues that people have in life are because of expectations, not because their expectations are too high or too, you know, too low, but like they're not always realistic, right? And so, and we don't communicate what we're hoping for or expecting. We, most of us are just hoping that our spouse reads our mind. Well, I'm here to tell you that that does not happen. Not because they're not attentive enough. Sometimes that's true, but um, but we just think very differently. And so if we go into this idea that we, you know, they should know we've been with the kids, you know, for two days, they should know we need a break. Well, they don't always know that because I just listed to you, listed to you all of the things that they're also thinking about when they're coming home. Um, so think of those two columns kind of going into this funnel and it's getting jammed up because there's all of this stuff. And the main issue is our expectations. And so as human beings, when our expectations or our needs, those are two separate things, but a lot of times our needs are what we're needing, excuse me, our needs need to be met. And so uh, when they're not, then we have uh, an emotional response to that. And so for them, they might want to disconnect because they're so tired and mentally shot, right? Like they're, they're disconnecting from what is happening Um, and sometimes that looks like emotional unavailability, like you're expressing something or sharing a story and they're not responding in maybe the typical way that they would, or, um, it seems like they're ignoring you or not hearing you. Right. And, but to consider the idea and I do not do this well, let me just tell you, sometimes I catch myself and I'm so much better than I used to be, but because I am an external processing person. Um, and my husband is like one of the few people that I will share stuff with. I just kind of come at him with all of the stuff, like verbal vomit. Um, and sometimes I can see it in his eyes where he's just like, he's like there, but not completely there. Um, and so it's just interesting. So when he's not in a place to, to receive that, there's a breakdown, right? And so because he's not able to receive that or acknowledge it, I feel frustrated. I feel unsupported. I feel overwhelmed or um, just frustrated. And I will say that this this rarely happens. Um, we, we do communicate pretty well, but we're also human and sometimes that happens. Um, and so, but that, ha- that, that is the issue for a lot of, a lot of couples in this, in the first responder community 
is then this becomes a pattern, right? And so when things become a pattern, um, they start breaking down even more, right? And so then you have an increase of tension. You have an increase of resentment. You continue to become disconnected from each other. And when that is not resolved, it continues to build. And then you have difficulty, more, even more difficulty in your communication with each other. It affects your intimate life together, right? Like if you feel unsupported or unappreciated or frustrated or unheard, for women that is a feeling of you're not, I'm not important to you. And so it does affect that intimate life with them because you don't, you, you want that need met first. Um, and so maybe you're listening to this and you're like, we're not even connecting on any level. Like let's figure out where that is. And that's why I want you to think of this in terms of like, I gave you these two columns the way things you could be thinking about or dealing with and them and then it going into the funnel. If it, the funnel is where it's it's breaking down, it might be an expectation issue, right? Like you're not on the same page um, and so you're feeling disappointed, overwhelmed, unsupported, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so as a result of that, right, the tension building and the resentment, they start spending more time away from home or taking more overtime shifts. Now, if you're listening to this and your husband works a lot of overtime, this may not be the reason why he's working overtime. Maybe you guys have financial things that are happening and so that's why he's working more overtime. Um, so I'm not going to make a blanket statement and say that if your husband is taking every overtime shift possible, that that's what's going on. Maybe you're saving for a trip, maybe, you know, whatever. Um, so please, please, please take that into consideration. Um, but I will say that there are a lot of couples who are in a tension filled place in their marriage. Um, and so I have heard from these spouses that, yeah, it is easier for me to be at work. Like I know what's expected of me. I, it just like, I can just go to work. I can get a workout in and I don't have to deal with anything going on. And so when I hear that, I immediately go back to this transition period home and the expectations of what that's supposed to look like. People do use, uh, work as an avoidance and so or a form of avoidance and so that's just something to think about I have so many thoughts and feelings around this and like really really I believe that um, this is a huge component to why a lot of first responder marriages um, marriages don't work Um, it's a huge 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 component Um, so the question is is how do we avoid this avoidance in a good way? How do we avoid this and how do we improve this and strengthen our marriage and our relationships? And I will, when people come in and they're like, what's the key to this? And I'm like, you have to talk to each other. I know that's not like some profound 
statement, but it's like you have to talk to each other. You have to be in communication with each other. And sometimes if there's a lot of resentment and tension, that has to be resolved, right? Where you have an uncomfortable conversation where you where you say, I feel like I wasn't heard and you resolve that before you can actually put these next steps into action, right? Where it does work more seamlessly, but you have to talk. Like, you have to talk. You you have to communicate with each other, and it needs to be a regular routine occurrence. Um, when our needs are not met, we do not do well in relationships, and that is a just a fact. Um, and we, we start to seek that out in other things to get those needs met. So that's just a side note. Um, so what can you do? Um, say you've gone through, maybe you had some tension or resentment and, you know, some difficult conversations have been had and you're sitting there going, okay, so what do we do now? How do we move forward? Or you're like, okay, well, we have a pretty good relationship, but my husband is, you know, just starting in the fire as a firefighter and we want to do this in a more preventative way. This is also very applicable. Um, So the main thing that has worked for our family in my marriage, um, and I've shared this with couples that I work with, is to have a conversation about those expectations, right? So what does that look like? And it will look like something different for every family. So on the days that um, maybe my husband's getting off shift and I'm leaving for work, that's going to look a lot different than, you know, a weekend where he leaves for work and I'm not working, right? So like the tension or the, the added pressures are different on those days. But nevertheless, we have a conversation and it's when we're both home or um, it's before I go to work. So I don't go to work until early afternoon. Um, So there is a period of time during that day where he could get things done if he needed to. And so we have a conversation, I would say six out of the seven days of the week, because like I said, I'm not perfect, but we always have a conversation about what are some of the things that you want or need to do today? Like, what would you like your day to look like? Um, And I think that helps set a healthy stage of expectation for the day. If in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so he gets off work today. Maybe I can go to Target. Maybe I can go grab, you know, coffee with so-and-so. And I'm not communicating any of that to him. And I'm assuming that he's going to come home and maybe he'll take a nap, but then he's not going to do anything the rest of the day. Like that, that is an error and it will result in some sort of uh, tension filled moment. And so when we have breakfast, um, we do sit at the table, we have breakfast together. We have a conversation of what does that day need to look like? And I'll ask him, are there things that you need to get done? And if there's things that are like timely, right? Like, you know, oh, the plumber's coming today and I need to, you know, do X, Y, and Z before that happens, then I, I make that happen. Um, 
he is a person, my husband is a person who has to go to the gym. And if he doesn't go to the gym or get that time, he is a bear. I love him to pieces, but, um, that's just the thing that makes him feel good and helps him function at, you know, at the right pace. And so, because I know that, um, I make room for that. Um, and that is not me putting aside my own needs. That is me honoring that piece of him and what he needs, because that is truly, you guys, that is truly when we're in a marriage, it is not so much about ourselves, right? Like it is about how can we love and care for that other person and it should be reciprocated. And if it's not, that's another conversation, um, for another time, but I know that about him. I know that he needs that. And so I make space for that. Um, but the goal of those conversations is for us to get on the right, like the same page, um, of what we expect for the day. Um, and I, I would encourage you to have those conversations, not in the heat of a moment. So if you are in the midst of a conflict or in the midst of tension, like that's not going to be productive for you. Um, and so, like I said, resolve whatever needs to be resolved, but then start this as like a regular routine, right? A routine becomes habit, right? It's not a schedule. It's not like, okay, great. It's 9am. We need to sit down and have a conversation about what we're going to do today and what that looks like and how we're going to incorporate what I need and what you need, right? Like it's, it just becomes a very casual routine conversation. Um, and so exploring ways to get your, your list of to do's or things that you would like to do. Maybe you don't get them all done that day. So you take the two most important things and you express that you say, Hey, like, you know, there's this thing that I need to do and I'd really like to go and do it. Like, what do you think? And hopefully your spouse then says, yeah, that would be great. Like, I'm, ha- I'm happy to stay with the kids while you go and do that. Like, do I have time to go to the gym before, you know, X, Y, and Z? And so that should be the fluid conversation, right? Where you're considering each other and checking in with each other. Um, and I know that doesn't always look, it doesn't always look like that. And, and so, you know, again, you have to take this information with like a grain of salt. And I'm just kind of sharing what what has worked for us. Um, so, but I would say that is the number one thing that you can do to troubleshoot that difficulty transitioning home. That's like the number one thing that you can do. Um, so the other piece of, um, of that is communication. So I said a little bit ago, Um, usually for us on our side of the list, like we have communication, communication catch up. So a lot of times when we talk to my husband, when he's at work, um, it's FaceTime and it's not quality conversation. It's, you know, him talking to our son and I'm putting the camera on our baby and right. And it's like, how are things going? And, um, but it's super surface level. It's not, there's not a lot of depth to the conversation. Um, and so communication is really, really important, um, in a marriage and we're in a relationship. Um, and 
So the thing of it is, like I said, if you're kind of coming at your spouse the second they walk in the door and you're just unloading all of these things, they're not emotionally available and they, they're probably not going to hear you or hear everything that you have to say. And you're probably not going to get the response that you're expecting because they're not in a place to receive it. And so um, I would say that you should think about, is this something that can wait, right? So share what is needed, right? Like if you are, say you're a working mom, whether you work from home or in an office or you're outside of the home, um, maybe there's something that you do have to share as you pass, you know, pass each other in the morning. Um, that's, that's crucial, right? Um, you can write things down. I find that this is really helpful um, for two reasons. One, they can kind of look at it and refer back to it. Um, you can still share those crucial things, but um, sometimes, again, it's, it's not always received. Um, and so it might be frustrating. And so you can say, hey, like, you know, we tried this for nap time and this didn't work. And so I, you know... I don't know. You're just trying to communicate something that's crucial. Um, And so they have something to refer back to. Um, But share what is necessary in those first moments when they come home. Um, If you're going to tell them, and this is where I'm terrible, um, but telling him about something that happened that he doesn't really have a connection to, but like it's more of a story and I'm sharing because I want to process it out loud or I want to just tell the story. And he's like, not, he's just not available to me. Um, that's something that can wait. Right. And so, um, I would encourage you if you're not able to communicate those things while they're on shift and a lot of us can't send them in a text, here's some things I don't want to forget or put them in a note, um, in your, phone and then you can always send them that note right some things that I don't want to forget Um, but make a note of it because whatever you have to share with them is important but is it going to are you going to get the response that you're hoping for in that moment it just depends on where they are and so maybe it can be saved for after they take a nap Um, so that's just my my input on that um And then the other piece is um, so many of us, we have our own routine when, when they are, um, when they're gone, when they're at work. Um, And so I want to encourage you if the routine and them kind of coming into that routine is creating tension for you, figure out a way that they can be included in that routine. So for example, when I am home with the kids, I'm solely responsible for everything, right? Like nap time, bedtime, bath time, food. Um, My mom comes and helps on the days where I'm working. She watches the kids. So she is, you know, contributing in that way. Um, But there are days where she's not here and it is just me. Um, So when he comes home, if I go along the lines of, well, it works really well with me when I just do all of these things and I don't include him, that's going to create tension. 
Um, so for example, uh, when he is home, my son, my older son prefers him to do bedtime. He likes daddy to read the stories, daddy do bedtime. Um, and for a while there, my mama heart like felt hurt, but I think it's because especially night one, daddy's been gone for two or three days. And so, um, I really, we've just kind of really, uh, grasped onto that as part of the routine. And so that is a way he is included and, and helped to transition back into being home is to allow that time, um, for, for him to, um, do bedtime. And so maybe that, maybe that's not the, the answer for you. Um, Maybe there is some other way that you can incorporate them back into and help that transition, but knowing it and having a conversation about it will help because it's not like, okay, so you're doing bath time and all of a sudden they come in and they're trying to do bath, right? Like that disconnect or that lack of conversation or expect like setting the expectations is going to create tension. Um, and that's what we're trying to decrease. Um, I know that I'm rambling, but I just have so many things to share about this. Um, and so let's see here. Okay. So some of the things that I hope we are not doing, right? And if you are saying these things or doing these things, this is not calling you out, but it's hopefully creating a awareness and maybe that something needs to shift or change, right? So if you're saying things to your spouse who comes home and maybe, right, you got caught in that funnel and it's all jammed up, you're feeling frustrated, uh, unsupported, overwhelmed, whatever the case may be, and you go at him or her Um, but you say, well, I've been home with the kids for three days. Shame and guilt, people, shame and guilt will not work. It will create more destruction in your relationship and it will not work. It may feel good in the moment, but I'm going to tell you right now, emotional reactivity does not work. So let's get that kind of reeled back in and figure out what the source of that is. Because if that is coming up regularly, something needs to change, like something needs to shift. Um, So again, saying things like, well, I've been home, you know, for three days or two days or whatever. Um, What I hear when I hear something like that is that you feel like you're not being seen or supported. And so we've got to figure out another way for you to feel like you're a part of that, right? Like you're feeling appreciated or um, maybe you're just missing your spouse, like, and they've been working a lot. That's something to consider too. So Um, again, this is not to call you out, but this is hopefully a wake up call of if you have those feelings, right? Cause I hear resentment and I hear like frustration. If that's true, like let's figure out what is going on because again, shame, shaming someone or guilting someone does not work. It will come back to bite you big time. 
Um, instead, you could say something like, you know, hey, like, I'm not sure if you need to take a nap, right? You're having, you've already had that discussion. Um, I know you want to take a nap, but after or during nap, I'd really love to dot, dot, dot. Do you think we can make that work today? Um, and so that would be better than basically saying my needs aren't being met. I've been home for three days with the kids. I need to go and do X, Y, and Z, right? There's just, I always tell people that I work with and I try to live by this, um, principle as well is that we cannot control what other people, how they respond, but we can absolutely control the words coming out of our mouth. Um, and so I think that that's really, really important um, to consider. And if you are inserting regular uh, self-care practices, and honestly, the word self-care like makes me cringe because it's so used and abused and misinterpreted all the time. And so, but if you are, if you are regularly inserting that in, like I started walking back in, um, October after we had our second baby. And that is like my thing. That's my jam right now. Um, and I'm hoping it's my jam forever, but my husband now knows that that's kind of a thing that I need, um, just like he needs to go to the gym. And so that's become a routine. It's not a rigid schedule. It's a routine. It is a part of our life. And it, when you make things a routine, not a schedule, when you make them a routine, it, makes, it gives you the ability to do other things better. That's a whole nother tangent I must have because I really, I believe that with my whole heart and soul. Um, But if you are inserting that regular self-care in for the both of you, um, that way you're not in the negative, right? Like if you think of a bank account, you're making deposits regularly, you're not, your account is not going to go negative. Um, So... I think that's really important to, to think about. Um, okay. So trying to be mindful cause I literally could talk about this topic forever. Obviously I'm very excited and passionate about it. And, um, I love being a firewife. It feels like a very, um, big honor. Um, I'm so proud of my husband and, but I want us to do this life well. Um, not perfect, just do it well. So, um, just to recap, so the best things that we can do, um, if you find yourself in that funnel and I'll try to create a, um, I have like a handwritten, um, chart, but like, I'd love to create some sort of an infographic so you kind of can get a visual of what I'm talking about. But if you find yourself in that funnel and you're getting stuck in the land of, um, expectations and, uh, negative emotions, things like that. Um, the best thing that we can do is to try to resolve that and moving forward, looking at ways to be proactive rather than reactive. And I think that when our, when we get into a pattern in our relationship, um, we tend to, if we get into a negative pattern, it starts to become, um, reactivity versus like, let's be proactive and, and make our marriage a priority and keep the health of our marriage as like a high priority. And if that's true, 
um, it could be helpful for you to talk to someone, um, someone who can kind of help you guys sort out um, what, like kind of where the source of it is. Um, don't wait. Don't wait to figure it out. Like take, and I know I have a bias because I'm a therapist, but like when I have couples that come in and they've gone so long in this same space, there's so much hurt and so much um, resentment and frustration. And I'm always in my mind going, I wish you guys would have been here like 10 years ago. Um, So don't wait. And also a side note, it's even okay to go if like you feel like, you know, we've got a pretty good marriage, but like we want to make sure we put some things in place to ensure that we don't head down, you know, that wrong path, like go and see someone. And if you have a question or want a recommendation, I'm always happy to share. I have some, I have a great handful of, of therapists that I love and would refer, you know, my closest family members to people I care about. So I will give you those referrals. Side note. Um, but if that's a pattern and you feel like you can't get to the place where you are in proactive mode, then, then do reach out for help. Um, so again, to recap, communicate, be proactive, not reactive, right? Have that conversation, set the expectations, realistic expectations for the day. Um, connect with them maybe even before I'll give you a, a brief example of this last weekend. Um, my husband worked his medic shift for 48 hours. He signed up for overtime and was signed up on an engine, which is still busy, but it's just very different than being on a medic. Um, and they have shifted some policies. And so he ended up on a medic. So he was on a medic, a very busy medic for three days. And so he's coming home on a Sunday. I know because we had a brief, brief conversation with him and I could just see it in his eyes. Um, but that he was so tired. And so any plans or any thoughts that I had for Sunday were, they needed to kind of go on the back burner till we kind of knew what this was going to look like. And so I knew he was going to come home and need to rest. So I called him on his way home at 830 on Sunday. And I said, Hey, the kids and I are going to go meet a friend for a walk. Um, we can wait and have breakfast with you and then go, or we can just go and you can just come home. And so I gave him that choice. I didn't make the choice for him. And of course he wanted to see the boys and have breakfast because he hasn't seen us in three days. Um, and so I, I, after that was over, I packed up the kids and we left and he went upstairs and took a nap. Um, side note, sound machines are everything. Um, and I have a very good suggestion for one, but sound machines are everything. It really helps, um, him be able to, to get a good, like good nap in without the, and then I don't feel like I have to tiptoe around. Um, so we left, he took a nap, we came home, I put the oldest one down for a nap. And by the time he woke up, you know, they were kind of getting ready to wake up from their naps and we were able to go on about our day. We went to Costco, like, it just, it flowed so seamlessly. And it's because instead of waiting to see what happened, like I was proactive and tried to figure out how can I make this work for him? And I needed to get my walk in. So it worked out. Um, 
So that's just a, a real life example of what that could look like. Um, so number two, set realistic expectations, prioritize and disperse things with balance. So if you, I mean, to be quite honest, like I try not to plan a lot of things around the days where, um, he's coming off of a medic because he tends to be really tired. And so if I'm like, Hey, let's go do X, Y, and Z, or I've committed to something, I mean, that's just not, it's just not going to go well. Sometimes he's, I will say he's a really good sport and, um, and that's really nice, but, um, I really try to set realistic expectations, um, around, you know, him coming home and every shift is different. So you hear me talk a lot about his medic shifts, but he could have a really great medic shift and maybe he was on an engine set and they had a lot of calls or they had really a really difficult call. Um, emotions are exhausting. And so even our first responders are human and they feel things and they go through a process. And so sometimes that's really exhausting too. So you really just have to take every shift uh, you know, how people say take things day by day, but like we take it shift by shift. Um, and so this, this whole idea behind helping with this transition home is to help you increase the quality of your communication, increase the respect. Um, uh, respect is something that I just, I feel like you, as a, as a married couple, you can't live without. Um, but sometimes our marriages aren't where we, we start getting too comfortable or not thinking about respecting the other person. And so, um, and that's why I say that communication is so important. So, um, when you say things like, well, I've been home for three days and you've been at work and, um, you know, that's not very respectful of the fact that they've also been at work and we don't always know what they've been exposed to or are dealing with. And so I think it's really, really important, um, that we not make assumptions. So, um, but again, the, the absolute goal for this is to make our marriages thrive and our kids get to see that. They get to see how that's done even after some of the pressures of first responder life. Um, we don't, we have kind of the best and the, you know, the best pieces, which is time. We get a lot of time, but um, sometimes that time is not, it's not um, traditional time. So there's, there's sacrifice in that too. Um, but my, my passion is to help these marriages thrive and to help you thrive. And, and it really comes from just wanting my own marriage to thrive. Um, I don't know who wouldn't want that. So if you're listening and you're a fire wife, um, I hope you loved it and I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening and you're not a fire wife and you're not, uh, partner or your spouse is not in a law enforcement or a first responder, thanks for listening. And like I said, this can be applied to anybody who is in a relationship where um, their job kind of takes them away um, to a place of like disconnect or where they're kind of out of the everyday routine. 
And so I hope you enjoyed it and thanks for listening. Make it a great day. You've been listening to the Fancy Meeting You Here podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you loved it, the best thing that you can do is to share it with someone else who you think would love it too. You can also find me on Instagram at Fancy Meeting You Here.